Yo, welcome back to Podcast of the Day. It's the show where we highlight great podcasts and the makers behind them. On today's show, we're talking about a true crime podcast that is pretty much everything you need in a true crime podcast. Now, um, it's it's addicting to listen to, so a fair warning, if you get into it, you may not want to stop listening to it. But anyways, we're going to talk about that and a bunch more on today's edition of Podcast of the Day. The Thin Air Podcast is a true crime podcast devoted to investigating unsolved missing persons cases all over the world, and it's driven primarily by narratives. Now, each podcast episode is typically only one case, but sometimes two different episodes will be of the same case because there's just so much content to give you guys. Um, It is uh, hosted and produced by Daniel Calderon and Jordan Sims, with assistance led by Nate Halda. And um, essentially, uh, the the episodes are made up of interviews with uh, different sources regarding each case, as well as a ton of investigative work. And again, it's all based on the narrative of each case. So it is really addicting to listen to. They do a fantastic job on their reporting. They've been featured in the iTunes Top 10 um, on BuzzFeed and a ton of other different media outlets for the reporting and journalism that they do on the show. So overall, it's it's great to listen to. Um, and if you're especially a true crime podcast listener, you may already be familiar with Thin Air, but if you aren't, you might want to get familiarized because it's going to be one of your favorites probably. Anyways, here is a trailer for the show. Coming January 2016, Thin Air, an independently produced podcast about unsolved missing persons cases. Each episode will focus on a different investigation and will include interviews and audio recordings with those closest to each case. I'm Jordan, and on our first episode, Daniel reports on the 2007 disappearance of Charlie Allen Jr., a college senior who disappeared after a frantic phone call, a break-in, and a run into the woods. So, do you think Charlie is still out there somewhere? I mean, I, I, knowing him, like I, I'm, I'm, I feel confident that you know he's, you know, he's still out there. I mean, like I said, he was very smart. Even if he's not in the right state of mind, he's still very, very intelligent. So, I mean, I honestly, I mean, I have no idea what's going on. But I mean, I just feel like if he wanted to be found, he would. If he doesn't want to be found, then he won't. For more information about our upcoming podcast, release dates, and contact information, please visit our website at thinairpodcast.com. And don't forget to tune in to the first episode of Thin Air this January 2016, available on our website, SoundCloud, and through the iTunes store. That was the trailer, and it was very enticing to me when I first jumped into the podcast. I listened to that one first just to see what it would be like, and I loved what I heard, so I jumped into it straight away. And uh, I I really recommend every episode. There isn't, like, one bad episode out there because they do so much great work for each show. I mean, it's just unparalleled. Um, And so I I, I had a hard time choosing what to show you guys um, from their show. But we're going to be choosing different clips from a episode. It's actually a two-part episode um, about Asha Kramer, Kramer, I believe. And um, she's a 26-year-old who disappeared in the midst of her a a mental health crisis um, over in California, where she walked out of a cafe and ever since then has never been heard of. So um, it's a very crazy story. And um, 
there's so much in it that it was ha it had to be divided up into two different episodes. But um, I want to give you a little bit from that to give you an idea of how the Thin Air podcast sounds and how great it actually is. When her daughter went missing on September 21st, 2015, Jeannie Kramer was nearly a world away, driving through the Australian outback. A nurse who works in remote Aboriginal communities, Jeannie got the call about her daughter Asha a day into her three-day journey to her home, a small town to the south of Brisbane. Well, I was driving. It takes me three days to drive back here to my house. I live at the coast, and so I was driving and... On my second day of driving, phone rang, and the phone rang, and it was um, my older daughter, Jansky, and she said, Asha's in the hospital, and I went, oh, my God, and, you know, I said, it's going to take me another day or so to get home, and then I'll get on a plane, and then within, within a couple minutes, she called me back and said, oh, no, she's missing, and then I was just like, oh, my God, what is going on? Here is another clip uh, following that last clip of the same episode. Um, it is coming from episode 18. So if you go look up Thin Air Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, you will find it under episode 18. 26-year-old Asha had been living in Albion, a small coastal town in Northern California, with her boyfriend, Jemai, for three and a half years. Asha, though born in the U.S., grew up largely in Australia with her sister and mother, Jeannie. Um, I lived in Hawaii for seven years, and so she was born in Hilo. She was probably about two when um, we moved to Australia. I moved around a lot. I'm a nurse. I moved around to positions, more or less. I, I didn't move because I liked places. I'd get a certain position, and then I'd go to that place. We lived in probably uh, two different areas and when I um, went out to Central Australia to work with Aboriginal people, I lived out on communities. Sometimes the girls would come with me, sometimes they would be at boarding school and they pretty much grew up in Alice Springs. When Asha was about 14, she asked to go to boarding school in Brisbane. So I arranged that and then I missed her so much I moved to Brisbane and I lived right near the boarding school. Asha seems like someone you would want to know. The photos of her found online show she's beautiful, with thick curly black hair, round face, and sleepy brown eyes. She loves animals and is often pictured with her chickens and beloved dogs that she owned with boyfriend, Jemai. The day she went missing is a hard day for Jeannie to recount for many reasons. It is, of course, an emotional story, but there is much confusion about what was happening the days before Asha's disappearance how she went missing exactly, and the days immediately afterward. In other words, every element of Asha's disappearance lacks clarity for a variety of reasons we'll discuss. The first thing that Jeannie does after her long travel is to get on a plane to California. As I mentioned earlier, you can find all of the rest of that episode in episode 18 of the Thin Air podcast, and it also runs over into episode 19. So I did want to end it there because there is so much left in the story. It's going to be kind of hard to cut it off no matter what, but uh, feel free to go check out the rest of the episode. I actually got to sit down with Jordan and Daniel um, from Thin Air and got to speak with them about doing the podcast and a lot of the real life experiences that they've taken away from all of the reporting, uh, the talking that they've done with people of the cases. 
it's fascinating the amount of work that they put into this show and the experiences that they get out of it are really unlike anything that I would experience in, in making a podcast. So they truly devote a lot of time and energy into what they do. And I, I loved talking with them. They had a lot of great things to say. So here is the interview. So my name is Daniel and I, uh, along with Jordan, am a co-host and uh, co-producer of the show. And it's a true crime podcast about unsolved missing persons cases. And so each episode we try and focus on a different a missing persons case and sort of investigate it from a different a few different angles when possible uh, and sort of explore the details and the theories involved in the case and yeah I'm, I'm Jordan hi I'll just jump in I guess um, uh, so Daniel and I work together on these cases we work together on finding people to interview and stories that we both like and want to do we collaborate on the writing and the recording and yeah so Basically everything he said, and we worked together on it pretty equally. So if you don't mind me asking, where did you guys first really meet each other and develop the idea for the show? We met a lot, like, I think over 10 years ago. We oh, both wow. um, we both lived in Los Angeles. Um, Daniel was going to film school at USC at the time, and I was just kind of going through my I want to live in the big city phase um, and we met and we became fast friends um, and we just started hanging out like every day yeah and we would actually hang out and watch like true crime shows yeah. like forensic oh, okay. files in 2020 and unsolved mysteries and yes. stuff like that so right from the start we shared a love of all three all things true crime so yeah jump ahead a while we remain friends we kind of moved to different places i moved back to boise idaho which is where we are now okay. uh, I, I convinced daniel to move here so i was lucky in doing that in 20 i think this was at the end of 2015 um i we just love podcasts we love talking about them and um, I think for me in particular, I was really inspired by what Serial was able to do. And oh, yeah, it just yeah. made me it just made me want to. It, it's it's a format that I think it's very cheap to start and you can just jump right in. And it's yeah. So I was like, I had this idea for the podcast. Uh, I knew that we both were really interested in mis mysteries, true crime. So I, I called him up. I had the name and he was like, let's do it right away so yeah, yeah. I, I mean I remember that day too I was sitting on the couch and she's like I've got this idea and she calls me up and says I it's a podcast about missing people and I know the name already it's going to be thin air and like it can even explain to you what I want the cover art to look like like everything <laughs> like she had thought about it and I'm the kind of person where if I like an idea and I think it's good, like I want to try it. I want to know if I can do it. And so it was sort of like a challenge in that moment. Like I haven't done podcasts. I love listening to them and I feel like, like I know what makes a good sounding podcast. Right. And I was like, let's try it. Let's just do it. I know neither of us have experience in this, but let's see if we can do it. Yeah. And we were like, where do we begin? <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. So, I mean, once you got the idea for it, what, what went into really making the first couple of episodes and 
Uh, what was kind of the, the research process behind all that? Sure. Um, the first few episodes, well, the very, very first episode we did was the story of Charlie Allen Jr. who went missing uh, from the East Coast. And for that one, I think at the very beginning, it was a matter of who is willing to talk to us. Yes. And so it was like sort of we we're like, well, let's see who we can let's just like, cast our net wide and see who will respond. And then let's go from there. Um, and so when we heard back from his friend um, and we did try and get in t- contact with a few investigators for that first case. Mm-hmm. Um, but the I think the real richness came in the second episode when we uh, we had been investigating the case of Marianne Watson. And I think Jordan did a, a, a a majority of that reporting side, if you want to talk about that experience. Sure. Um, so before we started the podcast, we as we were gathering cases, um, I came across a case that's pretty local to Idaho. We live in Boise, as I said. Yeah. Um, and this story was out of Emmett, which is about 30 minutes away from where we live now. And I think that that story just sort of took on a life of its own and became... Um, much more complicated than we ever thought it could. And I think that in that story is where we really felt like we became journalists. Um, So I think that that was a huge moment for us. That was a three-part series that turned into a three-part series. And I think that that really solidified like how we want to investigate these cases. And yeah, that, yeah, just, it changed a lot for us in terms of how we research, um, and how we wanted to just approach these cases in general. Yeah, I think with that one, since it was local, we were able to be really hands-on. Like right. we could go to the places, we can talk to the people like in front of us, we could go down to the archives, like pull up old microfilm, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and ideally, that's the sort of hands-on investigation I think that we would like to do with every episode. Um, but since we cover so much of the land, you know, like over the, the whole country, um, it's just not feasible to go out to each one of these locations. I mean, ideally, if we had the budget, that would be what right. we would do. Right, uh, right. But unfortunately, at this point, that's not the budget. So, um, yeah, there was a richness, I think, to that epi- those f- those three episodes because we could go out into the world around us and really be a part of the story, I think. Um, after that, uh, that really got started. Um, you seem to have been pretty successful because I, if I remember correctly, you guys, uh, went through that entire year and then are still going today. So, I mean, yeah. um, how's it yeah. been going so far? Has it really shaped up to be something that surpassed your expectations or, uh, has it kind of been what you expected? That's a great question. I, I think that we hoped, uh, it would go well and that people would listen, um, it's it's been going really really great and i think initially we didn't really know how many people would listen like we didn't have a number or i think that we knew that people were interested in these kinds of stories i think that they're inherently interesting and people are really drawn to them but i don't think that we ever had like okay this many people would listen i think that every time we're almost at like 900,000 downloads. We've been doing this for a year and a half. Yeah. So I think that every time we see that number, we're kind of flabbergasted. I mean, (laughs) within the next, I think I know, well, within the next month for sure, I know we'll hit our million download mark. And to think that a million people have like listened to something that I've done, I think just blows me away when I think about it. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. But definitely by no means, did we start this and think that that's where it would end up? But of course we hoped that would be the case. Yeah. Um, but 
I think every time we reach a new landmark in terms of like the number of people listening, it's sort of like this real. I mean, I remember when we were excited when 100 people listened to our yeah. episode. Yeah. Right, so right. <laughs> it's like every time we hit one of those benchmarks, so to speak, it's sort of an, a new astonishing moment for us that sort of really blows away our expectations. For sure. Yeah. Now, in doing the podcast, have you have you been able to touch base with a lot of and I know you mentioned you were talking to investigators and stuff. Have you been able to touch base with a lot of people um, involved in these stories or has it been more so uh, not so hands on with with the people involved? Um, I think one of the things that I've grown to appreciate about our podcast is especially over time is our ability to sort of tell the story of the missing person from multiple perspectives. And so I think as time goes on, we've tried to make it a very important point to interview as many people as we can relating to the specific missing persons. At the beginning, I think a lot of times it was like, we just want someone to talk to us. Anyone. We'll take anyone. And so like, it was like, if we got one interview, that was great. That was fantastic. Yeah. And I, but I think as we've gone through this more and more, we've, we've realized the necessity of talking to multiple people for each case. So we, um, usually investigators surprisingly are more challenging to get on the phone than you'd imagine. Um, but oftentimes people are, are willing to speak to us. I think they want answers, right? Like they want to find their missing loved one. And so more often than not, they, they are willing to share their story. You know, you found that experience the same, Jordan? Yeah. I think that that's definitely something that's changed. Sometimes I think when we, think about going back and listening to our early episodes and it's like, Oh, we only talked to one person for that. And I think that as we continue to grow, we just want to get better and get as many people on the phone and as many people as will talk to us as possible. Um, so that's been something that's been really cool to watch. Like at first it's like someone talk to us, please, anyone who has more information. And now it's like, (laughs) we want everyone we can in each story to talk to us. So that's been really cool to watch it grow that way. Have you had really uh, any really deep experiences with any of these stories or has really every story that you've come in contact with been pretty profound in the way it's kind of impacted you? Uh, That's a good question. I feel like every story resonates with me in its own special way. I feel like every, every story has this moment that I just can see really clearly that's sort of very sad. Like I think all of these stories have this moment that's really where everything changes or there's just this decision that's made or something happens. And I, I think it would, yeah, it's impossible to not be affected by these stories and the people that we talk to. Yeah. I mean, I I would have to agree with that. I think every case or every story we've covered, I think has affected me maybe in a different way. Like I know there are times I have gotten off the phone phone from interviews and I've been enraged. I've just been angry because there's been a failure of some kind in the system or there's times I've gotten off the phone and wanted to cry because it's so sad or do you know what I mean? Like so each one or has a different effect on me emotionally or sort of affects me in a different way. Right. I can imagine. Uh, Have you had really – quite a few experiences like that where you just get off the phone and and you're just frustrated and and maybe even like sorrowful about just kind of what you've been hearing. Probably every time. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. 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 And it, it depends on the person. Sometimes you get off the phone with police who won't talk to you and you're like, why, why won't you tell me anything? And then 
I mean, we, we talk to the people closest to these cases. It's often their children or husband or wife or, you know, someone who really close to them went missing. And you, after getting off the phone, there is just always this feeling of like, I know that I'm talking to them and helping them by telling the story, but you just wish that there was something more that you could do. It's, it's yeah, a really helpless, yeah. Yeah. a really helpless feeling. Right. And, and like, I've, I've noticed too, when we interview people, um, there's usually a moment when you're talking to them where they sort of have that realization that they're talking about their loved one that's gone missing and it, and they'll start crying or, or getting really emotional. And it, that's like the, the, the trigger for that response is so different for, I think, every person you talk to. You never know sort of which, which question is going to be that one that like makes them realize mm-hmm. like, oh, like I'm talking about this person that used to be in my life. And then they sort of have that emotional response. And sometimes it, it's hard to deal with on the other end, too. I mean, it's not about me by any means, but, you know, I definitely have to think like, wow. You know, like, it, I just never know. Right, right. How exactly do you come up with the stories, or not come up with, but I guess uh, find these stories? Do people submit them to you, or do you kind of go around finding the stories? Or how does that exactly work? Uh, it's kind of a mixture. When we first started, obviously, it was uh, a huge resource for us is a website called The Charlie Project, okay. which even even if you're not into true crime, uh, even if you like mysteries, I guess, it's just a website that lists like, I would say even back to the early, the late 1800s, cases of missing people. And it tells the story. And, and anyway, so we would go through there and we'd say, okay, we really like this story um, and grabbing things from there. <laughs> you know, like, okay, we have this story. We know about it. Who can we contact in that case? Sometimes we would hear back. Sometimes we wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And then we just wouldn't pursue a story. Um, uh, as it went on and we got listeners, we definitely, we've gotten a few of our cases from listener suggestions. They helped um, connect us with people in the story. Um, Cause we always, I think we really pride ourselves on our interviews and definitely talking to a person in each case. So yeah, that's been really cool is being able to get listener involvement and having them suggest cases that we've never heard of and they can even help us speak to people. So yeah, yeah. yeah. cause that, I think that's the biggest challenge is if there's a, a lot of people will write into us and say, Oh, there's this case that I heard about, uh, and then our usual response to them is, do you know anybody we can talk to? Because for us, like we're, we don't want to just tell a story and just have it be our voice the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, we think it's really important that the loved ones are or people close to the case are the ones telling the story. Yeah, and so, yeah. yeah. And so that's sort of what we'll say back is like, well, if you can get us in contact with somebody, we would love to sort of look further into this mm-hmm. um, into this matter. That's kind of all I got for you guys. Is there okay. anything else that you wanted to kind of shout out, mention, maybe your social media and where to find you guys? Sure. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. It's at Thin Air Podcast. Uh, our Facebook is facebook.com forward slash Thin Air Podcast. Um, and our website is www.thinairpodcast.com. Yep. Um Next season starts May 28th, which we already mentioned. 28th or 29th? May 29th. I'm sorry. Um, our next <laughs> season starts May 29th. Um yeah, but I think that's I think that's all our Yeah, info. You can, it can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, everywhere for free. So we finally just got on Google Play, Google Play. podcast yeah. section. So we did not. Yeah, that took us a while, but we're there now.
This can all be found at finairpodcast.com. If you go there, you'll find all of the episodes, um, their About Me page, a ton of more info just regarding different episodes and um, how their podcast kind of works. So again, check out finairpodcast.com. That's where you're going to find everything for them. And if you do check it out and end up liking it, let me know because I want to hear um, what you guys think about the show and whether... Um, something you didn't like or you did like that you you wanted to share with me feel free to do that um by either calling into the station at uh podcast of the day um right here on anchor or you can get in contact with me at potd anchor on twitter i would love to hear what your thoughts on the show and specifically maybe the clips from today's show but seriously get in contact with me i love hearing what you guys have to say and you might just get published on the station Well, it's that time. Podcast of the day is done for today. Don't worry, there is so much more to come in the future, and especially tomorrow we're going to be talking about a really cool podcast. Don't want to give anything away. I want you to tune in tomorrow, and you're going to find out yourself what it's all about. So make sure you come back here tomorrow, right here on Anchor for Podcast of the Day. While you're here, check out some other stations. We have a lot of stuff going on all the time, and definitely worth checking out some other stations if you have a ton of interests just besides podcasts. So ton of stuff right here on Anchor. Feel free to spin that dot and check out some other stuff. But anyways, I hope you have a great day and I'll catch you right back here tomorrow.